Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to anybody and everyone listening to a Yank and King Regal's Court. This is the podcast that is focusing solely on the independent UK scene in the greatest sport of it all, professional wrestling. I am your host, Anthony, along with my co-host, Tack. Tack, how you doing? You are, you so far this weekend, you have spent nine hours. In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in Endgame alone, you're going for hours 10, 11, and 12 tonight. Yeah. Just putting, yeah, in, can't wait. putting in a shift. Yeah, I've, uh, I think we're going to have to change the podcast to uh, a Yanking King Thanos' Court if uh, <laughs> I keep this up. Yeah, I'm absolutely, like, absolutely obsessed with it. It's just so good. I can't get enough of it. Uh, probably, I reckon I'll probably see it ten times by the time it's uh, out of cinema. I reckon. Man, that's awesome. I this is going to sound really weird, but the last movie I saw multiple times in the theaters was Rogue One. Uh, I saw it yeah. twice. I saw it once at like one night, and then I went the next morning by myself at like the eleven o'clock showing, just because I loved it so much. Yeah, and I then, did. I, I mean, I, I've. I use the uh, we have like a cinema card thing here, so you can basically pay so much a month and you go as much as you want. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I take full advantage of when there's something that's pretty much all the Marvel movies I've seen at least two or three times. All the Star Wars, new Star Wars flicks, I saw all of them three or four times. Some, some more. Like I'm quite a big proponent of like I'll go and really absorb a movie for like the third, fourth time. Um. I love going to cinema on my own as well. I'll happily sit there on my own and uh, enjoy a movie or a couple of movies in a day. I love going to see uh, a movie by myself. It's pretty relaxing. I go like a little me date. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I sat sat there and had a few beers on the uh, opening night and cheered a lot. It was awesome. It was almost like a wrestling show. There's points where people are like actively cheering for like stuff that's happening and that, which is (laughs) a rare thing in a a movie, but it, it was awesome. Man, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, so we're, we're probably going to see it uh, next week. We're working our way through the cinematic universe. Uh, you know, we've done it multiple times, but this is like the latest one. We've been doing it for the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think we're going to do uh, Spider-Man tonight or tomorrow night. So pretty happy. And then we should be finishing it up by, by next weekend and getting in to see Endgame. Hopefully the crowds will have died down by then a little, at least a little bit. So Yeah. They're doing a a thing at my local cinema where you can go, I think it's every night for like basically four weeks. They're showing like each one of the the movies right from Iron Man all the way through. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think they did it leading up to Endgame. So like you'd go every night for like three and a half weeks and then the last night you'd watch Infinity War and then Endgame at midnight. Um, and apparently a lot of people went to it as well from what I could gather. I don't think it was one of them things that like only a couple of people did it. I think it was a lot of people made the effort, which I, I would never have that kind of time, but if I did, I would love to have done that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of been nice just to kind of like, you know, either go rent rent the movies or, uh, you know, we have a few on in our own collection. So 
it's been nice just to kind of like seven about like six six thirty. You know, we'll kind of sit down and have dinner and watch the Marvel movie, and it's been it's been really cool. And when you watch them all like in a short amount of time, also you're like, oh man, they're like that led to this, and that made now that makes sense. It's they really did a good job of uh, kind of laying the foundation and kind of sowing the seeds early. But regardless, we are not a Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We a we are yet. a yet yeah that is <laughs> that is true. That might be our next our next evolution is we just start talking Marvel. Uh, that might be next week is just us talking about uh, 40, 40 minutes. We'll be on Endgame alone, and then we'll be going from there. Um, uh, but we are you know a, a UK wrestling. Uh, a podcast first and foremost and probably the biggest news since last we talked which is about two weeks ago we just couldn't make it work last week uh and that is a kid like us uh announcing his retirement uh from professional wrestling kind of in a cheeky manner of uh, which i think is befitting uh like as a as a dude and a character and but uh the uh, this one this one sucks a little bit we were all rooting for him yeah, I'm good for him. He's so young, and he seemed like—I mean, I—I I saw him uh, live at a Rev Pro show, like basically the, the week before he announced his retirement, and he looked great. Um, like he didn't miss a beat. He—he he looked there wasn't any ring rust on him. He, he looked in really good shape. So I, I was quite optimistic for for him going forward. But obviously, whatever it is. Like the the shoulder injury, I think, is what he cited. Um, it's obviously worse than than he thought, and then anyone, anyone thought to the point where it's a career ender. And I'm absolutely good for him because he's a genuinely nice guy, and he's a one of my favourites. So I'm, I'm really sad to see him uh, see him go. But and on the other side of it, I'd, I'd like to see him actually making a smart decision to put his health first. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, he's an educated kid. He's 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 going to university. Uh, you know, kind of basing it all off of the interview he did on Tuesday Night Jaw with uh, Jim Smallman, and uh, you know, so he's 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 a smart kid. He's got a big future in front of him, no matter what he decides to do. Um, you know, it just you know kind of sucks that you know if this if he was like twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, and he's like, all right, you know, I spent my twenties doing the wrestling thing and now I need to settle down. That's one thing, but to, uh, kind of have it cut short, especially right when like Chris Brooks and CCK was like just on the precipice of really taking off the last couple, uh, you know, the last like six, seven months. And I mean, even the last year or two, whereas like right when they were about to take off, like Lycos would get hurt and, you know, uh, so that, that does bum me out a lot. Uh, but you know, I, like I said, like you said, you know, it's good that he's not going to try to move forward and fight through it and possibly hurt himself even more. But, uh, you know, and even permanently, you know? Yeah. There's nothing to say that three, four years down the line, if he's still got the itch and, and he feels that he really has properly healed, um, that that he might want to step back in the ring. Like there's there's nothing to say that can't happen. Um, I mean, we saw that with Mark Haskins. But, you know, when he voided. You know, when he kind of fell off the or when he vacated the Progress uh, 
championship and he he didn't know if he was ever going to wrestle again yeah uh, it's happened a lot i mean i mean even even on the biggest scale look at daniel bryan we thought he was done 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 um like that as far as anyone knew that was him gone from wrestling forever and he managed to get back in the ring eventually um so yeah I, hopefully I'd, I'd be gutted if I, if i never saw him work again but at the same time like i say i'm, I'm happy that it, it, you don't see a lot of guys especially his age who are smart enough to put their health first um so yeah it's it's, it's good for him but like i say it's, it is a bit gutting but i'm glad i got to see him wrestle again uh at that at that red pro show before he uh retired yeah uh you know, I'm a bu- I'm bummed I missed that, but you know, like I said, like we we wish nothing but the best for Lycos. You know, he's, he seems like you know I've never met him, but you have, and he seems like a really good dude, and uh, you know, you know, yeah, gen- genuinely one of the nicest guys. Yeah, um, like always, he's always happy to. He's not just one of them guys who who signs something and chuck it at you or sell you a shirt and that's it. Like he, he'll have a good night with you and makes time for. To, to have a, a, a proper conversation with you and he'll, he'll give you a nod at a show for when he's passing by if he recognises you and things like that. He's not, not one of those guys who hides away. He loves being with the fans and yeah, genuinely one of the nicest, uh, one of the nicer guys that I've met in my years of watching wrestling. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I, I'm positive, you know. I mean, if you can get over to that level in wrestling, you can... You know, the world's your oyster, really. You know, you got all the charisma and you got hard work. So, you know, he's gonna he's gonna do well wherever he wherever he falls. And like I said, he's a good he's a smart kid. He's he's in university, so you know, I'm sure you know he's only gonna be going uh, onwards and upwards. Uh, the so moving on to the next piece of business, uh, another uh, retirement that's happened. We've all kind of known it was coming all along the way. Uh, now she wasn't. English, she wasn't, you know, part of. She wasn't a Brit, but she really made her impact in uh, pro wrestling. Eve, Chris Wolf, she is retiring. She's kind of been letting it. She kind of announced it about two, three uh, months ago, but uh, she made her her last uh, appearance at pro wrestling Eve over the uh, last weekend, uh, and, and they had a big kind of retirement show for her, and she was was really kind of a, a mainstay at Pro Wrestling Eve and uh, kind of made her mark on uh, with working with a lot of the younger British talent, women's talents uh, around around the, uh, the islands. And uh, she will be uh, moving to Norway with her wife, from what I understand. So uh, nothing but the best for her. Uh, did you ever see Chris Wolf wrestle in person? Yeah, she was. She was one of those. Uh, she was one of those that was on, on my bucket list of like wrestlers to see live, and I kept missing her at shows for ages. Like either she couldn't make ones that she was booked on, or I couldn't get to ones that she was at nearby. And then I finally got to see her last year at um, a Kamikaze Pro show, like literally pretty much on my doorstep. Um, and she was fantastic as well. Like, and I think I saw her at two shows there in the end, but. She yeah, she was brilliant and great fun. Again, another, another one who like a genuine pleasure to meet. She was really nice to meet and uh, great wrestler to see live. So yeah, another one that I, I really hope whatever she goes to do next, uh, I don't doubt she'll do well at it. But yeah, I wish her all the best. Yeah, uh, it's and it's all, and another, another thing is like kind of nice is a wrestler getting out. You know, kind of on the opposite spectrum of Lycos, where they're she's getting out healthy. She's getting out. She she 
got married recently uh, to her wife, and you know they're moving to Norway, and uh, and I think it's really awesome to see someone like kind of leave the sport on their own terms, uh, you know, not feeling like they're forced into it or not going too far where they lose the passion, but uh, you know, kind of leaving on their own terms is something almost rare in this day and age. Yeah, especially in, in wrestling, it is like going out on, on her, uh, doing everything she wanted to get done on her list and going out the way she wanted to go. That's a, a really rare thing. Um, so, yeah, really stoked for her. Yeah. I'm and glad I got another one. I'm glad, glad I got to see her live. Yeah. Uh, never, I, I never quite got her. She, you know, I don't think she ever really came around the Northern California scene too much. So, I unfortunately, wasn't within uh, driving distance. But uh, it, it is someone, you know, like I said, I'm happy to see that she, you know, got out on her own accord and, you know, it wasn't anything like she was forced out of it. And, you know, if you're going to end up anywhere in Europe, like Norway sounds like a pretty rad spot. At least that's what the movies look like or all the Netflix shows that I watch uh, that are in Norway. It seems like it's a really cool spot to live. So, you know, we would also wish her nothing but the best. So, uh, if you were on Twitter last week, uh, there was a bit of a kerfuffle over Ringkampf, and uh, it's kind of it kind of rears its head every week or, or every like six seven months. And this one really kind of drew the ire of a lot of like German wrestling fans and British wrestling fans. So a uh, a Twitter user whose name I forget, but uh, and he since deleted the tweet. Uh, pretty much made a, a a thread talking about how he was really not happy with uh, it, WWE NXT UK uh, kind of going forward with uh, what was Ringkampf and I think now is Emporium and he and he like dropped the word Nazi and he said like I can't believe they're doing this Nazi uh, uh, group and gimmick and all this other stuff and he's like oh, I'm beside myself and it just sparked this huge huge uh discussion on you know what how do we know it's fascism how you know how why are we making these connections and it was it got really heated uh and so is this something that I wanted to kind of bring up and touch on um we're both big fans of Recomp. Um, and we're both decidedly like anti-fascist and anti-Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I, I wanted to get that out of the way. Definitely first, you know, like I, I've considered myself Antifa for, you know, probably going on 10 years now. Uh, you know, I do everything I can to, to stop that as, as much as possible. I know you kind of, you know, we definitely do lean left in our, uh, in our uh, politics. So I was just kind of like, what? What's your read on the situation? Um, I, I think it's a. I think it's a bit of. Um, I think it's a bit of an indicator of. It's the kind of thing that happens a lot where. It's almost like a scattergun approach to if somebody finds something that, that if they get outraged at enough things, something will catch on that they can have a moan about almost. Um, uh, look. It's, to me, I, I never even really ever looked at Ring Camp and thought. I never really made that connection. I don't know if it's maybe more of an American view of it. Um, until it was brought up, and I can't. I'm, I'm not daft. I can see 
the point that that people are making that that those people who think it is kind of a Nazi motif are making. But if you actually look at it for more than a split second, you can see that like that they're, they're not Nazis; they're just German. Yeah. <laughs> like nobody's nobody's Zeke Heiling. No one's wearing an Iron Cross. No um, one's goose stepping, like, or you know, yeah. Like there, there's there's no, the only thing remotely you could, if you really tried hard, connect to to Nazis is they kind of stand up straight like Nazis do. But that, like I pointed out at the time on Twitter, is that isn't a Nazi thing. Like being being stoic and being respectful of the competition and. Uh, having that kind of chin in the air uh, pride—that's not a Nazi thing. That's a German thing that was co-opted by Nazis. Like Germans are known for being stoic and proud, and, um, and yeah, there, there's just there's nothing to me there. There's nothing there for me to even debate. Um, like some of those guys. Have, I mean, I mean, um, Walter's Austrian. He has history in his family of being on the total opposite side of uh, of um, the total opposite side from the Nazi party, like his older family tree and things like that. Um, I just I just don't think there's an argument there. Like it's almost like you're arguing over something that there isn't anything to argue about, which is really a, an odd thing that seems to happen a lot nowadays. Yeah, um, it was that generally. It, yeah, it was. Uh really kind of an interesting day like i i know i was in the thread kind of trying to get anything out of like these guys that were like no they're nazis and i was like well what makes them nazis and you know like and they it did just, seem to boil down to they stand up straight and they've got a big coat that's literally what it was that's like funny. well yeah it's they they stand they they hold themselves in a military fashion and they, he has a coat i'm like that's not an i you know, like, I, I was like, listen, like, I get it. Like, like you said, where it was like, when you just first glance at something, at, at them, I can see where maybe you're like, oh, they look kind of Nazi-ish, you know, like, or not even Nazi, like, maybe, like, quasi-fascist. Like, but, like, to throw out the term Nazi, especially in this day and age, is like, it's a real uh, boy who cr- cried wolf situation. Yeah, you know it's like well, well there's, just, there's so much worse stuff. Even just in wrestling, right? There's so many worse, dark, dirty little corners that you should be calling out. That waste any time on something like this. It, it's it is the boy who cried wolf, like you say. It's just you're shouting about some something where there isn't a problem, and all you're doing is masking where the real problems are. And then you're, you, allow- you're just diluting it, and you're allowing for people to you know, like that are, you know, kind of towards that end of the spectrum to be like, well, of course you're calling everything Nazis. Look at this. Like they, they have nothing to do with it and you call them a Nazi. And so yeah. it, it it's really... It's diluting the whole argument. Right, exactly. And for me, it was just like, listen, like they're super inclusive. Like they have like, you know, like they're a really inclusive like group of wrestlers in WXW and, uh, you know, they're not, you know, they have like, ring comp is you know it you know with the rainbow flag and everything and um that's literally their biggest selling piece of merch is their rainbow <laughs> flag uh their rainbow flag ring camp shirt 
Yeah, and it's... Uh, which like like that's if if they had any even like the remotest link to any fascism whatsoever, that's not going to be something that they do. It just isn't. Right. And it's also like David Starr worked a lot with WXW and Walter. And if there's one thing about David Starr is he's very vocal about his beliefs and, you know, kind of calling out wrestlers that aren't okay, you know, like that are like kind of not towing the right lines. And so, you know, like if they, if he would have felt like they were kind of pressing the, the, the fascism gimmick, he would have called them to task for it. Not to mention the fact that WXW, where they all made their names, um, is a German promotion where it's flat out illegal to do anything that's remotely related to Nazism or fascism. Yeah. yeah. Like there's no, there's no, as far as that sort of thing is concerned in Germany, there's no freedom of speech. You just cannot do it. You have to have special permission to be able to mention anything to do with Nazism on television or radio. Yeah. Like that's, that's how strict they are with that stuff and how sort of, I suppose embarrassed about that history that they are, but like you, they just, if it, if it had any connotation to that whatsoever, that would not be allowed. Oh, they would have been, not only would it not be allowed, they would have been arrested for it. Right. They would have been locked up for it. Yeah. So So it's, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a silly, like a silly thing over nothing. And it did kind of blow up, but it just seemed ridiculous to me. Yeah. Uh, really just and it was just it, have find something that really needs moaning about instead of just picking something at random right and it seemed like everyone that was kind of in the fascism camp like the more you kind of dug into it the more you realize that they didn't really watch a lot of wrestling outside of America or even WW or NXT like their ideas like yeah. the indies was like NXT and it's like well it's cool so you don't have the context and the history of the faction in WXW or Progress or you know the split off Schadenfreude in uh, uh, Fight Club Pro you know so it's like you don't you're you're literally taking them in a vacuum and making a yeah. like a, a judgment call based on what you see without any context well, there so, was one guy in there who he, his context was that he'd seen the the takeover match, and that and he decided that he was like off just off seeing the the takeover match with Walter and Pete Dunne. That's that's how he made up his entire mind about it, which to me is just mind blowing. Like that you wouldn't at least look into it a bit more before saying something like that. That just blows me away. That does the the. I mean, it shouldn't because it happens a lot, but the people can jump to a conclusion that quickly. Just, it's kind of scary to be honest. <laughs> like well, about it, something like that. Like, if that's the case, what else do they jump to conclusions about? Right. It's, it, it's just a pro wrestling gimmick, and the, <laughs> the gimmick is they're German. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and 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 everyone was like pointing to like ring comp because comp is in it. So then everyone equates that with mind comp. And it's like, no, recomp is their word for wrestling. It's comp is struggle. You know, like it's, if you take great out of make America great again, that doesn't make the word itself like right wing or, you know, quasi, you know, alt-right or whatever. You know, it's just a word out of context. It's just not given that context. So it's, 
it was a really frustrating week, but it, I, I felt like it was something we sh- needed to go over again to kind of just say again of like, if we don't, if we see and call out like fascists where there aren't fascists, it's only going to dilute the argument, dilute the centrist and the right's view of what a fascist is. If everyone's a Nazi, then no one's a Nazi. Yeah, and the, and the way things are right now, it's you really don't have to look far to find the people that you should be calling out. Exactly, exactly. It's 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 gotten to a point at the minute where they're like, like racist, racists and fascists are. All, are almost proud to have that badge at the minute until they get called out on it. And, and then all of a sudden it becomes a problem, but it's, there's so many places that you can look and, and find people who should be pointed out and should be called out that when you, you're basing, basing it on calling out someone totally random, almost <laughs> for nothing. It, like it is just, you're just wasting your time. Right. You just, it's just utterly ridiculous. Right. And so it's like, again, it's like, if you're going to, call something out like this at the very least do your research and do make sure you have the full context that way so you're basing like if you're if he would have said like listen like the way they look kind of gives me a little bit of like fascist vibes and that makes me a little uncomfortable that's one thing i can then have a discussion the moment you start throwing the word nazi around that was the first statement he made as well he was literally like Rinkamp, they're proper Nazi, ain't they? That's like basically what he said, like straight off the bat. It's like, no, yeah, it's like you not. have you we you have to make sure you have the full like context before you start throwing Nazi. If you were to say like, listen, like they kind of give off a fascist vibe, let's talk about it, and so I can get the full context. That's one thing. The moment you start throwing the word Nazi around, you better have your ducks in a row. Yeah, and, and again, we're both anti anti fascists. You know, in the most possible way, it's just stuff like that hurts the movement more than helps it. Yeah, big time. All right, so moving on to kind of like uh, uh, funner discussions and more fun discussions. Next week, we are actually now, uh, by the time this comes out, we'll be a day away from the greatest, in my opinion, the best tournament in England, Super Strong Style 16. We have a huge 16 man. Uh, field along with um, uh, you know other the women's matches is going to be amazing off the excuse me off the chain so we're going to go down we're going to kind of pick out our dark horses who who we think and also the matches we're most looking forward to Uh, so the bracket was announced last week uh, with a with with some pizza at a pizza place I'm definitely going to next time I'm over there Uh, look that black crust looked really good so we're going to start off the left side of the bracket. We have Chris Brooks versus Ilya Dragunov, Trevor Lee versus Aerostar, Travis Banks versus DJZ, Artemis Spencer versus David Starr. I'm going to take a quick second. When you when we talk about DJZ, do you guys say DJZ or DJZ? No, we still say DJZ just because right. that's how we've been told it. That's what it is. But yeah, if we yeah, <laughs> if it was up to me, it'd be DJZ. All right, I just wanted to check in. So moving on to it's the like, right. J- like the rapper JZ. <laughs> God dang it! <laughs> so moving on to the to the right side of the bracket, we have Kyle O'Reilly versus Chris Ridgeway, Darby Allen versus Paul Robinson, Lucky Kid versus Jordan Devlin, and Kyle Fletcher versus Daga. So 
out of those eight matches, give me your match of the first round. Who you look? What you looking forward to? Um, does it? To be honest, it's a really good like the first round draw is really good, but whichever way a lot of them go, we we're going to be losing some of the people I've really looked forward to seeing have a run in the tournament. Um, I think Carlo Riley and Chris Ridgeway. I think I said last week or a couple of weeks ago that that's one I was really hoping is going to happen. Um, so that I think that's going to be day one. That's going to be the highlight match. I think that's going to be just an absolute stunner. Um, I think Ridgeway is fully aware what a big stage he's being given there against O'Reilly. And although I think Ridgeway loses, I think that's like genuinely has room to be a five-star match, like a, a real match of the year candidate, that one. Yeah, that was one uh, where I was kind of, when the field was announced, that's when I pointed to first, where it's like, we need O'Reilly versus Ridgeway. Like, that match is going to be... That's kind of what I'm looking forward to, especially being like a more shoot style uh, match. That's I think that's my pick for being match of the uh, of the weekend, or at the very least match of the night uh, for match yeah. for for night one. Um, another one I, I'm really looking forward to is uh, Darby Allen versus Paul Robinson. That match is going to be uh, there's going to be no safe space in Alley Pally. They're going to be all. What's over the place. Uh... What's the odd? What I wonder what odds I can get on that within the first minute or so. They tell the ref we're we're not having any rules in this match. This is going to be a hardcore match. I, that's even odds, man. So that's that's one to one. Like I don't even think seconds. Yeah, I think it's before they're even in the ring. They're going to decide that that's going to be a a hardcore match, and I actually think they might build a storyline out of it because I think going forward, uh, Robbo and Darby Allen could have a, a pretty good uh, program going there. I think they could, I, I think now that Robbo is a, a single uh, competitor with Will Ospreay kind of staying, staying more exclusive to Rev Pro and, and uh, New Japan, I think Paul Robinson's set for a takeoff and this match is going to be probably the most brutal one uh, out of uh, the first night. Uh, like you said, I don't think this match goes uh, too long in the ring. I think it's going to be spent most of the time either outside of the ring or with uh, an insane amount of weapons inside the ring. Yeah. I um, I was just looking at, uh, just as I mentioned, Darby Allen, I think because I was looking at sort of the imports and usually at least one of the imports that they have for Super Strong Style ends up sticking around for a while and actually like having a, a bit of a run, building some, getting some matches down in the, in progress and building a run. Darby Allen's my pick though. I think we're going to see more than just a Super Strong Style weekend from him. I think he, he fits in well with progress or he will fit in well with progress. So I think we'll see some of them going forward. I think Lucky Kid as well is going to be around for more than just Super Strong Style. Yeah, I think Darby Allen. I think is probably the best. I think he'll probably turn into uh, what David Starr kind of became after his first yeah. Super Strong Style, where he just all of a sudden became part of the the scene and part of the program. I think Darby Allen has a lot to kind of give to progress and kind of freshen things up a little bit just with his. Uh, character and his gimmick and his his style, I think, can offer a lot of really fresh matchups. 
Yeah, I, th- I just think he'd be a really good fit. He just seem he just seems like he'd really slot in well at Progress. Yeah. So who do you got coming out of that uh, match? So you've already said that you think Kyle O'Reilly is going to beat Chris Ridgeway. So who do you got uh, winning that match? Uh, I think Darby Allen wins. Oh, you think so? Yeah, and I think Robbo's going to be really pissed off about it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think uh, I think Darby Allen wins it. Um, I've just got. A, I just think somehow uh, Robbo's going to. I feel like there's a program to be built there, and I think there's a reason they've put him with Robbo. Uh, for his first match, so I think he beats Robbo. I think either Robbo kicks the shit out of him or something, and uh, which which would also be a good way to have him lose to whoever he faces in the next round and, and not look too bad. Um, and it, it helps you set up a program going forward with him and Robbo. Yeah, so I can see this kind of going a couple different ways. Uh, I I'd love to see Ridgeway make a run. Uh, in it because like I've been saying for the last year that Ridgeway's been poised to kind of really take the next step and kind of go to that upper card level uh, in 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 progress in in England in general. Uh, but I think O'Reilly's going to give you more like better matchups, so I think it's going to be O'Reilly versus Robinson in the second round. Yeah, I mean I'd be more than into that. Um, I, I think Ridgeway was my pick to win the whole thing until I saw that he had Carlo Riley in the first round. Yeah. Um, as soon as I saw that, that just uh, I completely changed my mind. Um, but I still think Ridgeway's up for a banger of the year this year. Um, in progress, I think he, he, this is going to be his uh, his big breakout. Even even with the fact that I think he's going out round one. Yeah, I think uh, I think Ridgeway's poised, and I think if he has a really good showing against Kyle O'Reilly, and then obviously he's going to have other matches throughout the weekend. Uh, I think Ridgeway can really kind of start submitting uh, the foundation to to make the move up. Uh, so we're going to move down into the second half of the right-handed uh, bracket. So we got Lucky Kid versus Jordan Devlin and Kyle Fletcher versus Daga. Uh, who you got coming through that? Uh... Devlin, hundred percent, is beating Lucky Kid. That's yeah. Um, and I do like Lucky Kid. He's a bit much for me, to be honest. I think I've said before he's he's a bit too over the top with his gimmick. I wouldn't mind seeing him tone it down a little bit, but but he is good fun and he is a good solid wrestler. Um, but yeah, I don't see I don't see any way that Devlin doesn't win that. Um, and. Dagger and Carl Fletcher is a bit of a tough one because I can you can make an argument for either way it goes. I think Carl Fletcher's winning it because of the way they've been using him recently, uh-huh. um, and I think we get a couple of good, really cool showcase matches um, out of Dagger over day two and three. I especially think we're going to get. Uh, I'm almost positive we get Dagger versus Aero Star either either side of a tag or maybe even tagging together. Right. Um, because I've seen stuff of theirs from other promotions, and they're incredible together. Um, and I think it'd be daft not to showcase that at some point. Yeah, but yeah. I think I think we're getting Carl Fletcher versus uh, Devlin in the quarters. Okay, I, I, I'm going to go with Devlin and Daga in the quarters. Uh, and I think because I think kind of looking at the bracket, I think they have it built to where Devlin's going to go through to the. I have Devlin winning this bracket. 
uh, with going through Daga and then eventually through Kyle O'Reilly to get to the finals. Yeah, that's that's the only way I see because I don't see Kyle O'Reilly in the final. So I do. I pretty much see it the same as Devlin's because Devlin's a, a WWE employee. So they'll be happier with him taking out uh, O'Reilly than anyone else. I would. I would think. Yeah. Um, which is something you've got to take into account, like going outside of kayfabe a little bit. But I do think that's something you've got to think about. Um, so yeah, I do. I do agree with you that, that I think out of that side of the bracket, Jordan Devlin's in the final. Yeah, I got Devlin uh, going into the final, and I think this is set for him to kind of showcase. I think this is going to be a Devlin showcase, where he yeah. beats Daga, he beats uh, Lucky Kid, and he beats Kyle O'Reilly to kind of continue this import killer, uh, uh, you know, kind of like persona that he's got going. Where yeah. you know you bring you bring in the best, and he just defends and defends and defends. Um, Which I was, I was thinking about this. That's a really, if you think about it, right? His whole import killer thing is a really clever gimmick to have because you basically, if you can cement yourself as whatever promotions like import killer, then you basically become the guy that all the imports work work against. And you don't need the title. You just yeah. So you just become the guy that you become the gatekeeper. So every time an import that anyone's got their eyes on comes to your promotion, you're the guy that they work against first. So you're always on a a, a step above most people because you're working against the the highest caliber all the time. Yeah. I think that's actually. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, that's actually really clever to to make that your gimmick. And it's and it's awesome because, like you said, like then it allows oh. You know, when he was doing it in OTT, that allowed OTT to kind of give the belt to other guys and let Devlin kind of be this, like, showcase wrestler. Where yeah. you, bring in, you bring in the best from all around, and then you just put him against Devlin, and then that can main event any card. Yeah. And, I mean, you have to back it up, which he, he does in spades, right? You, you, there's only so long you can get by on that as a gimmick before you get caught out if you're not good enough. And... I mean, there's no one in the world who's going to tell you that he ain't good enough because he's absolutely unbelievable in the ring. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%. Devlin is right now like one of the best in the ring, bar none. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to... I think, he's, I think he's set to have a great tournament. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so, all right, so we're going to move on to the left side of the bracket. We've got Chris Brooks versus Ilya Dragunov. Uh, and Trevor Lee versus Aerostar. Who we got? Who you got uh, getting to the quarters and who you got getting to the semis? I think Brooks is beating Dragunov. That's what I got, yep. Oh, I thought, I thought you'd be going the other way, actually. No, no, no. I, I like, I like Dragunov, yeah. but Brooks, I think he's set to be another... Uh, I think he's going to be... I think he's going to do well in the tournament. Yeah, me too. Um... And uh, Trevor Lee, an Aerostar. Uh, I've kind of flip-flopped on this for the last couple of days, but I think Trevor Lee wins it. But I think it's going to be a, an absolute banger. I think that's another one that has a high chance of being one of the best matches of the weekend. Yeah. I have uh, same. I got Lee uh, beating Aerostar. I think that's going to be a really great match. Uh, love Trevor Lee. I've loved Trevor Lee for about four or five years now. 
uh, from when he first uh, showed up in PWG, and then I kind of followed him when he was in uh, in his home territory, uh, uh, Mid Atlantic, uh, or yeah, Mid Atlantic. Is he kind uh, of your neck of the woods, then? Isn't he? He's no, like... oh no, 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 no. He's on the he's on the east. He's uh Corey, our 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 friend Corey. He's in his neck of the woods. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like North Carolina. Oh, I thought he was because I've only ever known him like sort of PWG and stuff around there. So I assumed he was a uh, California guy. Oh no! Oh no! 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 He's a uh, he's a Carolina born and bred. So he's he's an East Coast oh, guy. That's Carolina caveman, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Carolina, California. It all sounds the same to a Brit, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so he's you know kind of from our our friend Corey's neck of the woods um, out that way. Uh, and he's, I, I, he did, uh, he was like the ace of their promotion. Uh, and he was like having these like 90 minute matches, 110 minute matches. It was, it was insane. Uh, so I've been a huge Trevor Lee fan for a long time. Aerostar has been great. Um, but I think I got Trevor Lee beating Aerostar, like you said, so Aerostar can kind of have like some showcase mat matches with Daga or the days two and three. Uh, I think that yeah. would be a kind of a good spot to kind of have them showcase Lucha and sh showcase uh, uh, kind of where, uh, you know, kind of giving them like that true import feel of like stuff that uh, the British people aren't going to see too much. Like true, true Lucha. Yeah, because he's got some really, really impressive and really unique, uh, really unique moves. Um, but both of those two, those two are two of the the guys that I'm most excited to see because I've seen stuff online and that, but I've never seen either of them like in any, any big way. I've just seen them like the odd match here and there. So I think getting to really get to know those two in the ring, I think it's going to be uh, pretty cool. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, like I said, so I got Trevor Lee going and then I think, I think Brooks beats Trevor Lee in the second round to get to the semi. I think so too. Yeah, I agree that. And so Chris Brooks gets to the to the semi, and then we have Travis Banks versus DJZ and Artemis Spencer versus David Starr. Who you got getting to the quarters, and who are you getting to the semis? Um, I think Travis Banks goes over DJZ. Yeah, I love um, DJZ, uh, but uh, he's a super he's super fun, super charismatic. But I don't see him getting past Travis Banks. He's someone, DJZ, someone that I was totally turned around on because when he used to be in, when he was um, uh, Zima, Zima, Zima Ion yeah. in uh, in TNA, I couldn't stand him. Like, I hated his gimmick. I hated the way he worked. So there was nothing I liked about him. Uh, and I saw him work Ligero once he was doing the DJZ thing at a Kamikaze Pro show a couple of years ago, and I was totally turned around on him. Him and Ligero put on an absolute stunner of a match. And uh, since then, everything I've seen him on, I've loved him. I thought I thought he's just turned everything around, completely changed it up, and he's just been so impressive um, every time I've seen him since. So I'm excited to. See, I'm actually really stoked for that match. I think they're two. They've got wildly different styles, him and Travis Banks, but I think that that could make for a a really impressive match. Um, but yeah, I think Travis Banks beats him. Yeah, like I said, I think DJZ is like. He's he's in, and then he'll have a, like a lot of. I think he'll be like one of the highlights in the. He'll be like the comedic highlight in the uh, tag matches, kind of in, on days two. Yeah, and the three. six man that they usually do, or yeah. 
Oh, he, and he's definitely doing. They're gonna do a waste man challenge on on that final uh, day, which is kind of their tradition. Which so. means you're gonna have a waste man challenge with air horns. Because this thing, yes. Is there we are. Oh, I'm all. I'm all in. I'm all in. Uh, I'll take it. And then, and then we have Artemis Spencer versus David Starr, and I think we can all agree that David Starr is going to take the win there. Artemis Spencer's pretty much just there to kind of get in, kind of become uh, uh, introduced on a bigger stage to the progress uh, to the ultras. But David Starr is definitely going to pick up the win there. Yeah, he's my like he's my Artemis Spencer's the total dark horse for me because I know pretty much nothing at all about him. Uh, I think I've seen one match of his that I found on YouTube, which was a pretty great match. Um, but that's that's all I've got to base it on. So, and, and the way David Starr's been lately, I think it'd be, I actually think it'd be a bit daft to not have him go far in this tournament because a, a lot of, I've noticed, I even noticed a, an article the other day from outside of wrestling talking about David Starr's um, trip over to uh, Israel. Israel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that, and that was a, a, t- a totally non-wrestling story in the Daily Mirror, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, like, nothing, no, they don't have any, they don't even really report WWE stuff or anything, but unless it's like really, like really big shows. So it was pretty cool to see a, a, an article on talking about David Starr going over to Israel and wrestling. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think Starr goes pretty far in the tournament as well. Um I actually think Star beats Travis Banks in the uh, in the quarters, and that's, I think the semi's going to be Brooks versus Star. That's exactly how I have it uh, fallen to. I think Star's too hot right now. Uh, you know, both getting in in ring uh, and also kind of outside of the ring. He's got a lot of heat on his name. I think he gets to the semis, and I think eventually he beats Chris Brooks. And I think Chris Brooks kind of continues his uh, uh, the tournament woes. Like kind of always like the the bridesmaid, never the bride type situation, uh, where he yeah know. that's that's the way I've got it as well. So and I think and I think that it could be good for Chris Brooks if he leans into it of kind of being the guy that always has a deep run but can never finish out a tournament. Uh, yeah, you know we we saw that as well in um, uh, what's the shoot tournament that they do every once in a while, uh, beauty and college test Ugin. Uh, you yes. know, he's, he's like a two-time finalist, never won it. Uh, so I think Chris Brooks is, uh, kind of that always the bridesmaid, never the bride, uh, situation. I think, you know, maybe next year if he, you know, put some stuff together, I think we could see a, him finally kind of take super strong style. So that gives us the final of, uh, David Starr versus, uh, Jordan Devlin, which yeah. is something that would... Yeah, hopefully the, I just I, so we have both just kind of seen it this way. Who you got winning? Oh. Uh, it's a real selfish it's a choice. Really hard pick, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like either way, I'll be more than happy, whichever way it goes. Um, I want it to be Devlin, but I think it's going to be David Starr. Yeah, I I can I can see it going both ways. Um, and I, I, oh man. And I, you have like built in storylines with Devlin and star versus Walter, no matter who wins out of that match, you could have 
you know, like built in yeah. storylines with both Devlin beating Walter and OTT and then star still like struggling and trying to get that one win over, over Walter, uh, you know, that he's kind of been chasing him around Europe, uh, trying to get that win in an almost like a, like a captain Ahab and Moby Dick situation. And I, yeah. and I, I would, I, I think it's going to be a star and I think he's going to get the win. And if they do end up winning, running Wembley again, or a similar venue, kind of on that scale. I oh, they they they've just they haven't officially announced it, but if you go to Ali Pali's website, uh, they've got progress listed in September. They do. All right, so they're going to go back to Ali yeah. Pali in September. It looks like it. Yeah. All right, so that's the placeholder. They've got that at the minute. So their big September uh, uh, show that they've been running the last couple of years, it, started, it happened last year in Alley Pally, then it went to Wembley, or two years ago in Alley Pally, then it went to Wembley. Now that it looks like they're going to be going back to Alley Pally. I think David Starr beats Walter at that match. I think that's, that's going to be my prediction. Yes. And I think Starr beats Walter at that big show and that he finally gets the win. See, that's, that's the exact reason that I went with uh, with Star over Devlin is because I could see either of those beating each other, but I don't see them having Devlin beat Walter any time in the future, or even like that. Because I do, I think the same as you. I think whoever wins it takes that what takes the title at the big show, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just don't see them doing that with Devlin. Um, so yeah, I, I've I. Have, pretty much spot on agree with you there i think yeah i i'm so looking forward to this uh tournament last year's tournament was amazing i think this year's already kind of poised to be this amazing tournament so we're really like are you going to any of the shows uh, i'm not doing super strong style no but I'll, I'll definitely be going to the big one but yeah I'm, unfortunately bank holiday weekends are uh uh chaos for me so i don't get to go anywhere but work on bank holidays right right so so we'll be uh kind of following it uh together and so when it drops we'll have an episode where we break down the entire card we break down the entire tournament and then uh so before we leave we're gonna be taking out of here kicking off in a couple minutes me and my wife we got to go support our friend who's doing the uh, a mile uh long bike ride today uh who you got in the women's uh match uh, right now, it is uh, Millie McKenzie, jo- Jordan Grace, uh, Nina Samuels, and the winner of night two's match of Jenny and Session Moth. Who you got uh, for in the first match, and then who you got winning the, the women's match, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, I think Martina. Uh, I think Martina's definitely uh, winning the, the qualifier. Um, and then, I mean... Anyone who says anything other than Millie McKenzie to win the four-way is just absolutely mad daft. Um, but I think just in case the obvious doesn't happen, because it might be so obvious that they go a different way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so if that if that's the case and that's what they do, um, then I actually think uh, that Jordan Grace retains it for a while. Okay. I think she's. I, I don't think she's. Because she's barely had a match actually in progress with the title so far. Yeah, she's defended it elsewhere, but she's not done a lot with it in progress. And I, I can't see that they would have put that title on her if they weren't going to get some uh, some good matches out of her. Not to, 
if you put that title on somebody like her, you you, you want to get some really good defenses out of her first. So I think uh, I think she retains. Exactly. I know. I, uh, it's going to be a hell of a match, though. It's going to be. I think it's going to be a great match. Uh, I have. Uh, I think Session Moth is going to slide in to the match, and then yeah. uh, from there. Oh man, I think it's going to be Millie. I think they're going to. I think they're going to give Millie a push. She's been hot in Japan. She's been defending the Sendai Girls Junior Heavyweight Champion uh, ship a lot. Uh, so I think she's poised to kind of run with the division, be the new face of the women's division. Uh, but with that, uh, I'm sorry to cut us off a little bit short. This is a little bit on, on one of our shorter episodes, but I got to get out, and I know you got to get it out, get to the theater, to the cinema, and uh, yeah. Go watch uh, Avengers Endgame for the second uh, week or for the fourth time in three days. Uh, and I got to get out of here. I got to get to the town over so I can go support my buddy. Uh, Tack, it was great talking to you as always. Um, like, review, subscribe if you guys can. Uh, or if you guys can. I know I kind of kicked that off on uh, everything. And other than that, you got anything else, bud? No, no, that's all good, man. All right, brother. Well, I will talk to you next week. Uh, and with that, we bid you all adieu.